Hi, everyone, and welcome to Snarky with Mike Feeney. I'm your host, Amanda Bynes. Didn't think you'd hear that name again, huh? Guess who's back? Amanda Bynes. We'll get into her in a sec. Thank you, everybody, for watching the show, telling a friend about the show, watching it on YouTube when it comes out on Tuesdays, hanging out in the chat, and telling some friends. You're all great. Uh, I am joined, as always, by my trusty producer, Nicole Lyons. Nicole, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. And uh, I'm feeling good today because even though it's a cold day out, there's a very cold wind, the sun is shining, and we're here. We got to do the classic double episode of Death. So this is going to be first episode will be flawless. Second episode, borderline unlistenable. Then that's sometimes people enjoy the drunk cast more. We'll see. Uh, so we're going to try and instead of going tequila and vodka and stuff, we're going to stick to the Aperol spritz. So we got champagne. We got club soda. We got some Aperol with a beautiful, if I may so, so, say so myself, a beautiful little orange wheel here that I now that I've shown you this, I'm going to dunk into the drink itself as maybe a little delicious alcoholic treat for later. Um, and I think it's quite it's quite yummy. Nicole, thoughts on the drink? Um, it's really good. It's beautiful. I said it looks like an emoji because it looks so picture perfect. And I actually think this is probably what we had for the original drunk cast of two episodes in a row. Now, see, I'm smart. I know when we got to drink a lot, I just give us a lower alcohol uh, drink. And that's and that's how we can hopefully make it through both of them. But let's get into Amanda Bynes. Have you heard about it, Nicole? Um, the Amanda Bynes news shocking the world. Something about a conservatorship, I think. Guess what? Also, yeah, Amanda Bynes is seeking to end her nine-year conservatorship. Um, if you remember, Brittany, I think, had a 13, 12 or 13-year one. Um, and you may go, Mike, why did she get a conservatorship? She didn't seem like she's done anything wrong. Um, you'd be dumb to say that. But now, uh, in looking at it, apparently she uh, she got it after starting a fire in her in, in a stranger's driveway. Just started a fire, then got a DUI, and they're like, whoopsie poopsie, uh, conservatorship for Upsie. And so um, then it came out that she accused her father of sexual and emotional abuse on online, right? Then said her father never abused her, because her, fa- her parents were like, we didn't do that. Then she came out and said, no, you're right. My father never sexually abused me. But, and I'm quoting, the microchip in my brain made me say these things, but he's the one who ordered them to microchip me. So, and that's when you go, well, there's, this is just female Kanye West. You know what I mean? Like, here's my thought process. I'm going to throw a little... Leave that person alone, Amanda Bynes, at you, because if Kanye West is allowed to tweet and uh, live his life and make music videos of him burying Pete Davidson alive, um, then I think Amanda Bynes should be free to do whatever she wants. I'm not saying it's either that or we got to take put Kanye in a conservatorship. I don't know. Maybe we could swap him out for a little while, take Amanda Bynes' conservatorship, slap it on Kanye for a couple months, see how that goes. I don't know. But I do think that having one where it's like uh, something's wrong there with her. I don't know what it is, but she seems like she's got some mental health issues. And Kanye, well documented. We all know this. And I'm going to speak of documented. I'm going to get into that documentary of his very soon uh, because loving it so far. Loving it. Um, but Nicole, do you think it's isn't it kind of hypocritical that Amanda Bynes has one and that Kanye doesn't? Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. He definitely uh, could use some help. Yeah, he could use he could use some reining in, as they say. You know, just a couple click click clicks on the fishing pole. Just um, yeah, I'm saying freer. Let her do her thing. Worst case scenario, she fucking you know blows it all and uh, and goes crazy. But wasn't she always going to do that anyway? I mean, you can't lock these people up and expect, but apparently she's been like going to school during this conservatorship. I don't know what schools she's do. I don't know at what level she's going to, but apparently she's doing much better now and stuff. But that's a thing, man. Those child actors. I remember when she was on like all that when I was a kid and she was, I don't know. Can you look up how old Amanda Bynes was on all that? She was probably like 12 and she 
had her own like little recurring segment in her house and she would be like yelling and back to, I'm acting like a crazy person. You know, that was her whole thing. But maybe that was just her the whole time. And we just laughed at her pain, which was wrong of us. Um. All right. I think she was 13. Was that I mean, before the Amanda show? Because the Amanda show was my jam. The Amanda show, they, the Amanda show started on all that, I believe, as like a sketch and then probably became a full show. You watched, there was a full Amanda show? <gasps> you don't know about that? You never watched that? It was so good. And it had like um, Drake and Josh on it also. Yeah, Drake and Josh, that was, that was past my time. I was, uh, uh, I was too busy adulting at that point, I think. I, once, I, once even like, you know what was the end of my cartoon Nickelodeon generation was like, once, like SpongeBob was the last, the first couple seasons of SpongeBob was like the last bastion and then after that, it became like once Fairly Odd Parents and all those other kind of thi- the the um, who was what was the alien one on Nickelodeon Invader Zim and all those. Once those started coming out, I'm like, I think it's time for me to move on to bigger and better things. And, um, you know, I thank you for your service, Nickelodeon. And I wish you well in your future endeavors. And that was when I. Had to make the breakup. Um, but that's when you started, huh? Yeah, we had like a gentle overlap, I think, because I had SpongeBob and we both, you guys said you watched Ed, Ed and Eddie and stuff like that. So yeah. I think we had somewhat of an overlap with cartoons. Yeah, yeah. Mike was like, I remember, you know, Looney Tunes from 1976. And we're like, Mike, buddy, you just, you're not one of us, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, here's, that's uh, it. And by the way, speaking of, possibly clinically insane women can we just throw a quick what did i say i called it deadline put out an article saying the lindsay lohanessance is that how you would say instead of renaissance lohanessance is here and she just signed a two-picture deal with netflix what did I say? I told you she was trying to drum up some stuff. She comes back on TikTok. She used, remember she like owned a bar in Greece for a little while, like a nightclub, Mykonos or something. And now she's back. She inked a two a two deal. This is what this is what I I was just saying this last week. You know what? I'm gonna throw a fuck that person, Lindsay Lohan, on there from yesterday last week, telling us her name is different, and then trying to give us this this tired um, you know marketing ploy. I'm upset that it worked because really. If you think like, I feel like Prince maybe started it when he's like turned his name into a symbol and then people are like, oh my God, what's going on? Then Puff Daddy was like, I'll be, I'll be P. Diddy. I'll be just Diddy. Snoop Dogg tried. He's like, I'll be like Snoop Lion. And everyone's like, no, you will not. And then he was like, all right, my bad. And then, and then Chrissy Teigen was like, you know what? I don't even have to change my name. I'm going to keep my name, but I'm just going to tell people they've been saying my name wrong. And then that's the new wave of it. That's the new incarnation of changing your name. So now she's like, I'm Chrissy Teigen, Lindsay Lohan, I'm Lindsay Lohan. And so, and then, and it works and it fucking works. And I'm mad, I'm mad that it worked. I'm mad that, um, that, that it's such an easy marketing ploy and PR stunt. I'm mad that I saw it and that everybody else didn't see it and isn't mad about it. I mean, how perfect, Nicole, though, that the very next week after I call it out, here she is back in the news, new pictures, guess who's back? Yeah, it was so funny. You texted me C in all caps, like question mark, exclamation point a million times. I don't even know if you wrote back to that. I think you were like, I think you just thumbs up and moved on with your life. I did respond. I said we had to start some drama in the comedy community so our clips would take off. Yeah, I didn't know what that meant. Oh, because earlier I that said day go we were, on, and then you didn't go on. <laughs> well, I didn't know you actually wanted me to go on because earlier in if the I day, if I ask you to go on, I want you to go gotcha. on. I always love a good go on. You know, gotcha. That's when someone's intriguing to me. If someone's like, I have an idea, I go go on. Yeah, I thought you were probably not going to understand that, but I thought it was pretty smart because uh, moment of vulnerability for the pod. We were talking earlier in the day about how the clips weren't doing so well, so that's why I said yeah. we need to. Start some, some drama so yeah. the clips will take off. Yeah, I think, uh, I think, which by the way, remind me after the pod, I think I found a trick to that, a, a little hack we can do. But for some reason, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, they know what clips are podcast clips versus what are stand-up clips. And someone made a really good point that they were like, when they see those, those algorithms treat it like an ad, essentially, because you're like, 
saying like, go here and watch it. And you're directing people to leave Instagram and TikTok, which they don't want you to do. So they, they fucking bury and suppress it and all that other stuff. And then it just makes us feel bad about ourselves. So stop doing that. Instagram, let, let the people see. Let the people see. Let, let the bells ring with the freedom of downloads and views, I guess. I don't know. Um, now, I have two things to discuss. One is this Kanye doc. Nicole, are you, are you up on this? Have you watched it? I haven't started it. Oh, no. Okay. Um, well, it's great. I will say this. Love it. What is it called? It's called Gen- it's Genius, but it's like the phonetically spelled version of it. And it is good. And it's, it's inspiring. It, it really shows you his hustle. But and we, could, we could put this all under kind of a... I don't, not necessarily it's a Mike's movie breakdown because it isn't a movie. It is a, it is a documentary. But this should be called Annoying Genius. That's what this should be called. Not Genius because he is so annoying like needy to all of the people he's trying to get an opportunity from and and it's one of these things where it's like you know he he like annoys jay-z enough to be like let me rap let me rap let me rap let me rap and then jay-z's like okay okay fine and then he spits a freestyle and jay-z's like all right you're you're on the track see that like open mouths get fed like that kind of a thing which is great because he actually has the talent to back it up but then there's there's a part where he's like pharrell is in the studio recording with the neptunes uh, or maybe it's with nerd or something and they're like recording and kanye was in the same building so he goes over there and he's like what's up for how you doing and you know pharrell knew him for making beats and he was like yo can i spit a freestyle at you real quick and then pharrell's like uh yeah yeah sure yeah i mean we're working but yeah yeah go ahead go ahead and he does a whole freestyle and pharrell was like listening you know and you know it's one of those things when someone's like like very confidently like freestyling in your face and smiling at you. And you have to do that thing where you're like, I'm listening. And I'm also trying to listen to the lyrics and like not give away too much on my face if I do or don't like it, that kind of a thing. And you're like, they're, cause they're staring at you so hard while fucking rapping, you know? And, um, and you know, he gets done freestyling and Pharrell was like, that was great, man. That was really great. Like you really, I, I thought you were just a producer. You could, you can actually rap. Like, that was so awesome. Thanks so much for, like, opening my eyes to that. And then Kanye's like, awesome, awesome. Yo, let me just play you my single real quick. And, like, Pharrell just goes, like, okay. Like, it just, there's that moment when you're like, dude, just read the room. You know what I mean? Like, you're you're being, you're being a lot. You know what I mean? It's very, nobody likes that guy that that you're being. Though I will say he plays through the wire for him. Pharrell runs out of the room screaming uh, because he couldn't believe it. And then, you know, it's just so it's one of those weird things where you're like, if he didn't, if you don't have the talent of Kanye West, you're that guy, you know, which you don't want to be. There's so many comedians that are like, hey, man, like, can I just like, can I run this joke by you? And you're like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, even if you're not like super close to them, but they're like newer and then they run the joke. And you're like, oh, that's good, man. Yeah, there's something there. And then it would be so weird if they're like, cool, cool. Now, let me just play you a set that I have really fast. And can you watch it in front of me? And I'll fucking nod and stare at you while you're watching. And I'll mouth the words to the jokes as you're watching me do the jokes in a pre-recorded. Day. Like, it's it's so strange because even if you love it, you're like, this is weird that you're watching me in real time watch you and asking me to judge it, but while also being like, hype, right? Like, it just seems like uh, it's a lot, you know? So, um, but at the same time, I'm still, like, inspired, emotional. This is great. Um, you know, he had a great, there's a great line in it where they say, uh, which is funny, too, because the cameraman was a stand-up comedian. And then he was like, oh, I'll just film Kanye West. And he dropped out of stand-up comedy or whatever, which you're like, interesting choice. You probably could. Because he was like, I had to drop everything, leave Chicago, and move to New York City to help Kanye and produce this documentary. And I had to leave my stand-up career behind. And you're like, yeah, but also, I mean, you just, you you moved to the greatest city in the world for stand-up comedy? Like, could have mixed in some sets. You know what I mean? Like, you, if anything, that is is further you following your dream. Like, you know, all the nights that you weren't with Kanye, you could have been doing stand-up, but yeah, maybe, maybe you didn't want to do stand-up anymore. Who knows? You know, whatever it is. Maybe it's nice to have an excuse to get out of this business. God knows I could use one, you know? But um, I just, I don't feel like, uh, you know, I feel like Annoying Genius would be a great name. But there is a great line in the documentary where they go, either, either, uh, 
either get in where you fit in or make room. And I was like, oh, shit. That's a pretty good, it's a pretty good line. Right, Nicole? Yeah, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So that's that. There's still another episode I have to watch. I've only watched the first two, but I really am loving it. But it is funny because the first two episodes are like the first four years of his career. And now I think this next episode is the next 22 years of his career. So I don't know how they're going to like gloss over the whole like everything, but we'll see. Um, Now, going to an official Mike's movie breakdown. Did I talk about Belfast? No. Oh, all right. Well, let's you have entered Mike's movies breakdown. Mike movie breaks. Mike breaks down movies. What was the name of this segment? Mike's movie breakdowns, I think is what it was called. And if it wasn't, the title will be there. Um, first off, saw Belfast last week. I mean, just if you haven't seen the movie, it's 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 nominated for all the Oscars. It just won some SAG awards. It's a great film. You gotta go see it. It's just a classic. It takes place in Ireland, so right away you're like, everyone's got a sexy accent. Everyone is like, you know you know, working class fuckable. You know what I mean? Like where you're like, ah, oh, you work with your hands, but I could, I know that you have, you have some strong sex, you know? Um, but it's like a, it's a Protestant, you know, Catholic civil war going on in Belfast. And there's like an actual like Molotov cocktails. People are getting killed left and right. But it's like this, it shows this little family and it, and it, and uh, there's this little boy who's like one of the main characters in it. Who's, I mean, just the best little eight-year-old actor you've ever seen in your life. Look up how old the kid from Belfast is, Nicole. This kid, I mean, first off, the cutest kid you've ever seen in your life. Just And and almost the entire movie is in black and white. I think it is, except for like the opening shot and stuff, because it's like a timepiece or whatever. But, which I usually don't love when it's in black and white, just for the sake of being like, it's back in the day. So black and white, you get it. But there is something with this film. It's very like romantic about it. And it's just this little poor family trying to survive. The dad's on leave for work a lot. He's trying to come home. The kid's getting into trouble. The kid's joining up with the wrong crew. How old is that kid, Nicole? Ten. Ten. Oh, what a cute... How cute is that kid? So cute. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So he's... Uh, so that movie... It, and then, like, the mother goes through her whole hard... Time. I don't want to, like, spoil anything, but I do want to say the movie <coughs> it becomes this whole thing of, like, do we get out of the place that we grew up in and our, we've spent our whole lives in because it's bad. But if we leave for greener pastures, we don't know what the world holds for us. And it could be much worse. And at least here, although it's shit, we have our neighbors and our friends and our loved ones and all that other stuff. So they have to make this really tough decision about moving or not moving out during the Civil War. It's very good. Won't spoil anything. Go see the movie. I mean, fantastic. Give it a Feeney's Delight. How about that? That's it. That movie, so good. It gives you everything. It's got con- Dame Judi Dench is in it, and she's just, ah, what a dame. She's just a real, she really dames it up, you know? She's she's not, not as much on the Judy, but she fucking dames, and she denches, and you're gonna, you're gonna lose your mind when you just see her little, she's just in an old, you know, old Irish relationship, married a bunch of years, and they... You know, they have that everybody loves Raymond kind of like, ah, you should, you know, smiling and romantic and they dance. It's very cute. Um, it gives you everything. It gives you laughter. It gives you tears. It gives you sadness. It gives you hope. It's all great. Now, the other movie I saw this past weekend that I would love for everybody to also go see is Jackass Forever. I mean, have you seen that yet, Nicole? <laughs> no, I haven't. Not as much of an arc to it as, as Belfast, but regardless, a fantastic little film there was something about watching Jackass, and obviously that's what I, like I it's my bread and butter. I grew up with that. I grew up making videos like that with my friends, and just instantly, like the opening sequence, I go, "God damn!" I didn't like. I'm. It holds up. You know, not only does it hold up, but it is so pure. There's something about it where you go, these people are just a group of friends, idiots, jackasses, where they just are like, let's do something stupid. And, you know, we're not going to get killed. We're probably going to get pretty badly hurt, but it'll be hilarious. And it's almost going to be hilarious for you almost instantly after it's over and once the pain has subsided. 
And it, them willing to put their bodies on the line, especially the guy Aaron, who is just take takes a nut shot from Francis Naganu, the hardest puncher in the history of the UFC. He's uh, takes a hockey puck from a professional hockey player. He takes a softball from a professional softball female pitcher, and uh, he takes a pogo stick to his nuts. All I mean, it's just like it's a dumb. He's just such a dumb idiot. And everyone has those friends that when you're like drunk at a bar, you can convince them. You know what I mean? Like they're dumb. They're just dumb enough to convince to do it, you know? And they still carry that fear on their face. That's what's so funny about jackass is they're not like, I'll fucking do it, step on my dick. And then they're like, see, that didn't hurt. That's not funny. The the guy's like trembling in fear and he has that, I don't want to do this anymore energy that he says over and over again, but it's too late. And so it's like, and then there's the pressure of the camera. So you got to go along with it. It's, it's literally just peer pressure and pain. And that is the secret sauce of that. I mean, I'm smiling, talking about it. I'm having such a good time. I, um, I loved it. I loved every second of it. They also have these new cast members who were great in it. And it, that actually upset me a little bit because I was like, I didn't know that that was an option. Like my whole life, I thought it was like, that's you and your friends and I can't get in. I got to do my own thing with my own pals. I didn't know we were accepting applications. Fuck getting me on Wipeout, gang. Let's get me in the next jackass, all right? Because if you're like me, you watch the movies and you go, every single uh, sketch or stunt, I go, I'd do this, I wouldn't do that. I'd do this, I wouldn't do that. Every single time, I'm like, I would, there's, you know, there's a scene where they both have like, um, like fish, fish, t- uh, what are the fish bowls on their head with one tube connected to them. And they put like this giant spider in the middle of it. And then the two people have to like, like try and blow the spider into the other person. Otherwise, there's going to be a fucking tarantula on your face. And even that, which would give me such fear and anxiety, I would flip out. For some reason, spiders, little spiders are okay, but big, hairy leg tarantula things, I, that's, no, I hate it so much. But if the cameras were rolling and all of my friends were laughing hysterically, I'd be like, Give me the fucking spider out. Like, come on, let's do it. You know, like, are there stuff you would, have you, first off, Nicole, have you watched all the jackasses? Yes. And I think that Johnny Knoxville was probably my first love. Yeah. I mean, how can you not, here's what I love about Knoxville. Some people give him shit because he's like, you know, he got the majority of the publicity. He went on to be a movie, you know, do other movies. I don't even know if movie star is a little strong, but he did other movies and stuff when a lot of the other cast members don't do anything but jackass. But he, like, is still willing to put himself in the most harm's way. Like, in this movie, he gets so fucked up so badly. Like, the other people do crazy stunts and, like, dumb stunts, but he does reckless stunts, you know? I mean, getting hit by a bull and all this other stuff where you just go, man, you're not, you're... And, and then he here's the crazy part about Johnny Knoxville. He laughs. He laughs while it like when he's hurt like a psycho like he's he's what's he's just he literally does the Heath Ledger Joker like he's getting his ass kicked and he's just laughing hysterically while gushing blood and you go dude I don't know what you've tapped into but I know the only way to jerk off is if you're bleeding somehow like there you you have a pain tolerance I've never seen in my life and so uh yeah again jackass forever Feeney's Delight. Give it a give it a big thumbs up. Go see that. Go see Belfast. Pretty much the exact same film. Um, and uh, and you'll you'll really love both. That's it. That's all. That's all I got to say about these. And go watch the Kanye doc. Here you go. I'm just giving you guys more things to watch. You know, stop what you're doing. And actually, don't watch this entire thing. Leave a comment. Do all the stuff. Tell friends. Blah blah blah. Then go watch those three things and then come back to me next week and then I'll have more. It's kind of like a book club, you know, which I have books here, um, but I don't recommend books. Though I would recommend that book, Movable Feast, Ernest Hemingway. Just followed it, just finished it. Feels good to finish a book, you know? I I very rarely get through a book that isn't a book about comedy or a a biography of some kind. So this was was a nice thing. Nicole, what's the last book you've read? Um, I'm in the middle of reading one. I'm trying to do like a reading challenge this year. Have you seen people like posting those? There's like an app where you can track your books, the amount of pages and stuff you read. No, what's, uh, I, I know for a fact mine is going to be so low. I don't need an app, you know, like 
This is one book this year, and I am over the moon. I bought two books this year in the hopes of being like, if I get to read both of these books before the year's over, I have accomplished something huge. And I've already finished this book in the first three months of the year. I mean, I'm killing it. I am way ahead of schedule. What about, uh, so wait, what's the book you're reading? What kind of book is it? I got to know everything about this. It's just a it's just a fucking sexual romance novel that you're reading? <laughs> yeah, it's one that I wrote myself. Yeah. No, uh, Chris got it for me last Christmas, and it's called Sing Unburied Sing. And it's like a book about ghosts and drug abuse and stuff like that. Fiction? Yes. Okay. Um, he bought it for you this past Christmas or last a Christmas? A full Christmas ago. Wow. Okay. So nice. So you're like me. You just are like, uh, you get books as a gift and you go, thanks. This will sit over here for a while, you know? And yeah. The, and then you get motivated. How many pages is the book? Is it a lot? Um, It's not that many, but I'm kind of like frozen in it right now because I was reading a lot right when the year started when I started my reading challenge. And I'm very behind because uh-huh. I wanted to read 10 books this year and we're struggling. 10 books. Wow. What are you, some sort of book dude? Um, That's uh, what is that? And, ch- and does Chris read? Yeah, he does. He reads like a whole bunch of stuff. Um, Not just like Green Day biographies and stuff like that? No, that's actually hilarious you say that because I got him The Heroin Diaries by Nikki Six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I and, heard that book's fantastic. And it's been sitting in our bathroom, just like some light reading like mm-hmm. while you're taking a shit. But he took that on tour with him, so he's nice. going to be reading that. Oh, How cool is it to be like, my boyfriend's on tour? That's a pretty cool thing to say, right? I guess, but he's gone for a month, and I'm like terrified that someone's gonna follow me home into my apartment. So oh, I like check tragic. inside every door every yeah. night that no one's. Home. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you live on like the ground floor? Uh, no, I go. I live on like the second floor. But nice. Yeah, it's still, still scalable. They can get you if they want. Yeah, for sure. Sure. Yeah. Don't sleep uh, comfortably. Um, <laughs> now, <laughs> let's uh, let's move into. There's a lot of. Here's a fun news thing. I'll just say this. Time, you know time, the, uh, the thing we all want more of and we'll never get. No, uh, the, uh, the publication. They said, so March 18th, they're going to get rid of, or they're thinking they're going to lift wearing masks on airplanes. And they said, you should keep wearing your mask even when you no longer have to. That was the, that's the, there's a whole article about why you should. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I bet. I bet I should, you know? I won't, but I bet I should. You know what else I should do? I should probably wear that little seatbelt the whole goddamn time as well. I mean, for my safety, 100%. But good luck, nerds. There's there's not a shot in hell that I am wearing that any longer that I uh, federally mandated have to. I mean, and I'm not trying to be an anti-mask guy or whatever, but I will say this, on a plane, it sucks. Because you're already breathing recycled air, and now you're breathing recycled mask air through the thing, and it just feels... I'm going to be one of those assholes that is, like, having a drink the entire time, so that way he can not, you know, just have a straw in my mouth. Do you see that one guy who held a French fry in his mouth for an entire flight, just so he didn't have to have the mask on? I mean... A, a man after my own heart, you know? Nicole, have you been on a plane with the mask? Yes, uh, when I flew back to Tennessee for Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. It's hell, right? Yeah, it really sucks. And I, for whatever reason, the flight that I take, everything's always broken. It's like a step above Spirit Airlines, so the air Frontier? is broken. Uh, Allegiant. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So it was just recycled hot air. Yeah, and there's something too about like I it it almost gives me like claustrophobia or some sort of like fear of fly. Like when I'm when I'm feeling like a <sighs> all of a sudden I start to feel like I'm cramped and then I realize oh I'm in a tiny little plane in the sky and then like things start to go. Like other if I don't have the mascot, I don't care. I I've, I'm the most comfortable flying of anybody you'll ever meet. Turbulence, all that stuff. I'm like, "Hey, I gave up my free will the second I got on this plane. You know, I realized there's a chance that I'm going to die today. And if I die, you'll all be sorry. You know, that kind of a thing. So I don't, yeah, but once I got that mask on, all of a sudden it just feels a little bit more. I'm like, can you guys get a full breath? I can't get a full, you know, it just, it doesn't feel, doesn't feel as good. So, um, yeah, that's what I think, but there's no shot. I'm going to wear it. I mean, I'm excited because I'm going to fly 
Oh fuck, by the time I fly, I'm gonna have to, fl the next time I fly is gonna be right before they lift it, so I'll have to wear the goddamn thing anyway. Son of a bitch, I'm so pissed. I just wanna wear this. And now I got another problem, I ordered, I ordered sunglasses for the cruise, Nicole, because all my good, my, my classic blue sunglasses, my signature sunglasses I left somewhere in, uh, in, in, during Christmas, so those are gone. So I ordered this new pair that I think to have a chance to be a signature style. Um, and I ordered them three weeks ago, and they said it'll take one week to ship. Still hasn't even shipped. There's no way it gets here in time. I'm going to have to buy a pair of, like, on-the-rack, you know, sunglasses that are going to look like Driving Miss Daisy or something like that. They're going to be awful, but I, um, I'm very particular about sunglass style. What, do you, what kind of sunglasses do you wear, Nicole? Um, I, for the first time last summer, invested in Ray-Bans because I was, like, mm -hmm. that was kind of, like, the thing that I had been uh, aspiring for for many years. Yes. Like, getting a nice pair of sunglasses. It's good, and, it's good to yeah. covet. You yeah. want to covet something, you know? But then I got them, and of course they're mad expensive, but they feel so, like, ch like tiny and cheap. Interesting. Yeah, I've never owned Ray-Bans, but I've owned, like, <coughs> good Oakley ones. I owned... I the 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 nicest ones I owned were a pair of um which I still have them but they're broken I have to like get them I don't even know if they're salvageable I got to take them to like a, a glasses place see if they can fix them I have a pair of uh, Tom Ford sunglasses it was like the ones that you know uh, Daniel Craig wore in Skyfall or like some crazy James Bond and they're they're awesome but um I wore them like a idiot I wore them to Six Flags one day like. What am I doing? They're like so expensive. And I was like, this will be like a good Six Flags sunglasses. And then the first ride I went on, I was like, well, I can't keep them on because they'll go flying. And I'm not going to like put them on the ground because they'll get stepped on or they'll get stolen or whatever. So I was like, oh, I got it. I'll fold them nicely and put them in my pocket. And then that way I can put my hand near my pocket. They won't go flying out. Life's good. And I put them in my pocket. I situate myself to where I'm like, I'm secured. And then the guy comes over to secure all of your things and just goes, clink, and just like locks it in. I just hear them instantly. I just hear them crack. Just immediately I go, ah. And so I, but I, now they're too tight that I can't take them out of my pocket to check. So the whole ride, I'm like, fucking, you know, like going over the things and I'm just looking away. And the second they come up, they're just in fragments. You know, it's just two lenses. They, they've been popping off for years. I, I, now the whole wire broke. It's, it was a dumb, dumb decision that I made. So pretty pissed, but now I need new sunglasses and, uh, I can get new sunglasses if you guys leave me more five-star reviews and start watching this on YouTube. Get those views up, get those numbers up. The monetization takes off and we're all cooking from there. We got sunglass money all of a sudden, you know? That's what this podcast, I know you guys are like, oh, he started it so that he could like put out content and like give us, you know, us the people more of what he wants. No, this was all a ruse for sunglasses. That's all this has ever been. And I need you to know that this has meant nothing to me. Um, So... YouTube.com slash Mike Feeney Comedy. That's where you can watch this. That's where you can watch my stand-up special, Rage Against the Routine, and hundreds of hours of other comedy that I have. Um, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at I am Mike Feeney. Road dates, Mike Feeney to comedy.com. Uh, I'll be at the Emmaus Theater uh, with uh, Canon. And, well, actually, tomorrow I will be at uh, Side Splitters in Tampa with Mike Cannon, Brennan Sagalow, Robert Kelly, and Mike Calta. Then we're going on the Calta Cruise for the four day, five days after that, which is going to be very exciting. And then Emmaus Theater, March 26th. going to be a great show. The three of us are headlining. Uh, we're all doing a time and a podcast. It's going to be a lot of fun. Nicole's coming now. I am. It's going to be super fun. So that's going to be great. So uh, come on out to that. And then uh, I will be in April. I will be in uh, LA doing a bunch of shows out there. And I'm going to try and do a bunch of podcasts as well. So keep an eye out for those as they come. And twitch.tv slash nyfreshmaker. I'm streaming, I mean, nearly daily at this point. So uh, get on there. You can watch for free. You can subscribe with Amazon Prime for, for nothing. If, if you have Amazon Prime, it doesn't cost you anything. I get a nice little kickback. Life's good. Or you can get on, you can subscribe for those $5 a month, just like you can do for the Patreon. Patreon.com slash scenariopod. Uh, we put up bonus episodes of Snarky. We put up bonus episodes of Here's a Scenario. 
We put up so much on there. It's uh, some would say too much. I'm one of those people. It's it's simply too much. And uh, Nicole, where can people find you? Nicole C Lines on Instagram. Nicole, how do you feel about the two shows today? How are you feeling, like prospect wise? I feel good. I'm not looking at your notepad, so I'm not sure how it's going over there. But I'm having a good time. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, it is a forest fire over here. <laughs> it is things are going up faster than I had ever imagined, and there's no controlling it. Uh, that's it is. It is not under control. Um, now, uh, here's something in the news. Speaking of fires and disasters, uh, USA Today is a fun little tweet to just come across at uh, to a news article at eleven at night when you're sitting at home having all of a sudden crazy chest pains. A massive earthquake could strike the San Francisco Bay Area when, you may ask, at any moment. That's what they said, at any moment. And, quote, it would kill thousands of people and forever change the lives of millions. Now, I've been hearing about climate change for so long, and I just want to say... To the earth, to the plate tectonics near San Francisco, whatever it is, just do something already, would ya? I mean, you're talking a big game. Do something. I'm so sick of hearing about, well, here comes a threat. Here comes a threat. Either I'm done with the empty threats. Be like Putin and do something when I tell you to do something, you know? And I'm not wishing of course i'm not wishing and will the two episodes from now because i won't even know if it happened will two episodes from now i will start with an apology to those of the san francisco bay survivors i mean possibly but do something all right get a little excitement you know wouldn't it be nice just for to take off the war in ukraine and russia just have a little piece of home to worry about you know i think that would be that would be it. this is going to age so poorly. I mean, there's best case scenario. It doesn't happen for 10 years. And then people go back being like, this asshole knew about it for that long. And then what am I going to do about it? What would you like me to do? They're, they're like, they're just telling us that it can happen at any moment and there's nothing we can do about it. So what's the plan? Everybody move. Everybody leave San Francisco. If you're living in San Francisco, you can't be convinced otherwise because you've already convinced yourself you're better than everybody else. So you'll learn when the sky, you know, comes falling down and the earth uh, craters into, you know, oblivion and you fall inside of it. But the people in the Bay Area, some, uh, you know, outside of that, the Oakland area, some very nice people have stayed out there, really enjoyed it. However, uh, yeah, I mean, you got to get out, I guess. And good luck. Goodbye. You know, like, what do you tell these people? What are these people have had their whole lives there? They have houses there. They're just supposed to get out. I mean, same with people in like the Hollywood Hills. They're like, oh, there's these the next fire could be the fire. And you go, well, hope it rains. Like, what are you what are you supposed to what would you do, Nicole? Um, I don't know. I mean, what is your your angle with this here? Are you trying to like speak it into existence so it happens faster and gets out of the way? For the record, I'm going to say no. I don't want it to be. I definitely don't want thousands of people to die and millions of people's lives to be changed forever, as this says. But it would be nice to have just a little like, like some threat, like some like a little like burp earthquake. You know what I mean? Just like a little like seismic. Whoa! Hold on to the picture for just give us like a war. It doesn't always have to be the next one's going to kill everyone. How about just like. Four people died and they were all child molesters. So something like that. Let's let's like four Bay Area child molesters got killed when there was a mini earthquake and a picture frame fell on their head and hit them in just the perfect precise spot. Something like that would be nice, you know? Just a little just a little incentive for us maybe to get out of the Bay Area. I'm okay with never going to San Francisco ever again. I know people really love it. Have you been there? I haven't. It's it's a it's a perfectly okay place. I mean, I it's kitschy. It's it's like Williamsburg with significantly more money. It is cool architecturally, but it's never San Francisco, you can never dress appropriately. 
because they have like eight weather patterns in San Francisco. At the top of the, all of the hills, it's like 30 degrees and freezing. Then you get down into the, you know, at the base, it's like 85 degrees and it's hot. Then you go over towards the water, it's 62 with the strong offshore breeze. It's like, it, you can never prepare. You, you're wearing a coat, you're sweating, you're wearing shorts, you're freezing. It never feels, it never feels right. And, um, you know, I don't know, maybe I haven't spent enough time there. But every time I go there, I'm like, yeah, this is a city, all right. You know, it's a city on a hill. And the first time I went there with Erica, we uh, we tried to go, uh, like, we, we were staying at, like, the top of this hill, uh, this really nice hotel. I think we were at the Mark Hopkins or something like that. We're at this top of the hill, and whatever it was, Erica was like, I'm not feeling well. And I was like, you know what I'll do? I'll go get dinner for us because like Chinese food's supposed to be very good in San Francisco. So there's like a whole Chinatown little district. So I'm like, oh, I look at it on the map. It's like 0.2 miles away. Like I'll just go walk and get us the food and come back. I didn't know it was like 0.2 miles down a mountain face, you know? And so like I went down these probably like two or three avenues or whatever is a little more than that. And then I go pick up the Chinese food. And then I remember walking back up that vertical hill being like, like the bag that was I was holding the Chinese food was the gravity was pulling it behind me. That's how I mean I might as well have been walking up a ladder. It was like it was like a ladder barely on its side. Like I was climbing onto a roof to take down Christmas decorations. That's how steep it was there. And you know you go on the you go on the stupid trolley. You do the do the rice aroni song once or twice. It's fun. I get it. It's nice. It's a nice area. But I mean, come on. It ain't New York City. It ain't Chicago. It ain't even New Orleans. I'll say that. There's my hot take. It ain't even New Orleans. Um, What's the rice aroni song? What are you talking about? Oh, man. I forget how young you are, Nicole. There was a very popular product called rice aroni. still exists. And it's like a rice, you know, it's like a boxed rice thing. But... Yeah, I, I got that part, but why are you singing it on the trolley? And I because don't... that's what the commercials used to do. They used to go rice aroni, the San Francisco tree, and they'd be like on the trolley, and they'd all like be smiling and like eating rice. It was like a whole that was like the commercial. Oh, god damn it, Nicole! Never question my commercial rice aroni knowledge. It's 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 beyond that of which mere mortals can comprehend. I don't know. I'm running out of drink and words. Um. Now, this is what I'd like to hopefully spend the rest of the podcast talking about. And Nicole, I'm going to need you for this. Because every element of this is full-blown cocoa bananas. Two pairs of identical twins, okay? Two separate pairs of identical twins had babies who are siblings and cousins. So. Let me break this down because it's very confusing, but follow me here. So there's two female twins and there's two male twins. The, those four are not related. They're identical twins. They both married each other. So both twins married the other twin, okay? And they did a double proposal. They did a double wedding and they gave birth less than nine months apart. So... For sure, they're all banging each other, right? I mean, that's a weird, that's such a, such a weird thing. If you are an identical twin, I always feel like identical twins are, are banging, you know what I mean? Like, or like having like threesomes or something with other people. But if you meet another identical twin, you know you're all banging at some point doing something. And what are the odds that you like the per like if you're like oh I'm my I'm dating this woman she has an identical twin I have an identical twin and now my brother and her sister are suddenly also falling in love like that seems psychotic and there's a term for this it's called um, quaternity quaternity twins which is um, when two children are born less than nine months apart to identical twin mothers and identical twin fathers which which is why they say they're also siblings because they're so genetically similar that it's it almost registers that they're siblings even though they're they're technically cousins. And once I saw that they had a name for it, quaternity twins, I was like, "Hey, you don't need a title for that. Just say those people because how many times 
in the history of the world could that have ever, 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 ever happened? That two sets of identical twins both married each other, both had kids within nine months apart from each other. I mean, how creepy is this, Nicole? It's really creepy. Have you seen like pictures of them? Oh, I've seen pictures and they dress alike. The couples dress alike. Both the guys are wearing blue shirts. Both the women are wearing... It, it is so weird. The kids, they dress the kids alike and it is... Uh, they just so badly want a reality show. It's like not even... It's so transparent. They might as well be like, actually, our name is Lohan now. Like whatever. Like you, they just do the name change. It's so clearly that they want. So I, I looked into this um, because I was like, if this happened, if this has happened more than once in the history of the world, I'm furious. And guess what? It has. It has happened three hundred times. Now, granted, three hundred times in the history of human civilization. But 300 times, two identical twins met two other identical twins. All four fell in love. All four had a kid nine months apart from one another. Now, it's just so weird to me. And it's I don't know why they're doing that. It's like, just do sibling porn and call it a day. You know, like, do you have to do you have to get married and have kids and do a photo shoot and like, don't bring kids into this, you weird, sick fucks. Like, there, there's something so unnatural about this that it freaks me out. It very much freaks me out. Do you feel freaked out? I do feel freaked out. I feel dirty, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's a... Uh, what is it about identical twins that make us feel uncomfortable? I don't know what it is. I was also going to ask you from the pictures if there was, like, if the two hotter of the twins got together. Have you seen it? No, I oh, haven't. Oh, Google them. Yeah, Google them because it is um it is very it, it it's it's very uncomfortable. And I don't I'm not like freaked out by you know, when you see twins in the wild, you know, it's a little it's 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 it just it, I wouldn't say it's jarring, but it makes you do a head twist, you know, a double take. But when you see identical twins and another identical twins and they're all fucking you're like they gotta be all fuck. Like all I'm saying is, would you be surprised to find out that all four of them are having sex, not just the two couples? I wouldn't. I mean, I feel like that's such like a trope too of like if someone's dating a twin that they're like, oh yeah, and I hooked up with the or I tricked the other person. Or yes, whatever. isn't that a fun thing? By the way, what a fun what a fun trope that is. It's like oh. I raped this woman ha ha ha, because I look like someone else. What a dumb bitch. Like, it's such a crazy. That's such a, also another like insane trope. Imagine if you found out Chris had a twin. Yeah, it would be very odd. It's, I don't even know what I would do. <laughs> You'd be like, I guess I'll bang you too and see which one's better. Like, it's such a weird. It's such a weird. And then to give birth nine months apart. Like, that's like um, that also happened with. um. The female wrestlers, Nikki Bella, Nikki and Bella, the Bella twins or whatever the fuck, they they uh, they had kids, they're twins, and they had they both got pregnant at the same time while they had a reality show. And you're like, man, there's just there's just no way that's an accident. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're just it can't be either that or maybe there's some science to it that they are so incredibly genetically similar that their brain thinks the exact same way. And both of them are like, you know what? I think I've reached the age where I want a kid. And the other goes, I was just thinking that. And then they start plowing. Like, I, I also wonder, can you look this up, Nicole? Is there a twins dating app? Like an identical twins, you know, that I, there has to be, right? Twinsrealm.com. Twinsrealm? I, I love that. It's like a fantasy world. I mean, I'm telling you, the, the there's a sibling porn subsection of of and it's a, the identical twins are almost always a part of it you know i don't know what it is and it also what is it for for guys that are like there's a thing with guys where they're like oh if i could like bang twin like two twins at once that would be like the hottest thing in the world which i'm like i don't know like twins do 
nothing for me more than like, if you were like, oh, would you like to have a threesome with two women or would you like to have a threesome with two identical twins? I'd be like, oh, I don't care. Like two women, two women of any of any form would be great. You know, like, I, the, the, the twin part is, all that is exciting is that there's yet another woman there. Like that is all that, that's all they're, they're bringing to the table. Um, do women feel that way, Nicole? Do you, do you, do you ever think, is there a, like a female, like, I would love to have sex with two identical twin guys. I don't think so. Cause I, fe- I don't know. To me, that feels kind of like black mirror esque that there's just like two of the same person. Yeah. Fucking you. Yeah. It kind of freaks me and out. And they're like syncing up in unison grunting. Like it just, it seems it feels, yeah, they're doing harmonies with each other. I, I don't know. I, there's too much inside jokes that they have. I don't know what it is. There's something it's almost like a glitch in the matrix or something when there's twins. Because the, I went to school with uh, kids that were identical twins. And to this day, I couldn't have told you who was who. But they dressed the same. They had the same. I don't know what it is about you twins. If there's any identical twins that listen, could you tell me why you purposely choose to dress the same and get the same haircuts and wear the exact same thing? Is it a, is it a thing to fuck with people? like, Or is it like... You just, your identity is that you're a twin, and so you're just going to be, like, twinning, like, forever. I, I don't, I'm so fascinated by the twins. Psychologically, there's a lot going on there, and I gotta know. I gotta know, Nicole. Yeah, I knew twins growing up that, like, claimed to have, like, twin pain. Like, if someone got hurt, the, Come other, on. Per- the other person would, like, feel that. I mean, I will say this. If there were two people on the planet to have that, I feel like it would be identical twins, but that's so stupid. Like, and that's, that's why I'm saying like their brains can't possibly like think the, everyone, you'd like to think everyone's brain is unique, you know, and everyone has different thoughts and different things. But the idea of being like, we're both going to get, we're both falling in love with these two twins and we're both going to have kids less than nine months apart. It's so it makes me feel uneasy and I don't know how to describe it. Now, in a year or two from now, when the, you know, the identical twin, uh, quaternity twin movement starts, this will be the last thing that's ever used as me as just absolute hate speech against twins, apparently. But I, I'm not saying I don't support it. I'm saying I don't understand it. And it's weird because it's different, you know, <laughs> because it's not... Uh, just too normal. I don't know. It's so, it's so fucking weird. Anyway, um, what do you think really happened? Do you think two of them like linked up and tried to set the other two up? Yeah, I, I mean that has to be. I mean, who? And also, is it offensive if a fratern if if identical twins get hooked up with other identical twins? Like, if you were like, if you if you had an identical sister, and I was like. I know who to hook you up with, and I show you fucking Ben and Jerry. Wouldn't you be like, ah, oh, that's kind of disappointing? Like, I don't know. If you were a twin, do you think you'd want to be with another set of twins? They would understand the struggle, so there is that. I don't know. I think it's kind of weird, like, especially being one of the twins and already knowing your twin's type is the same as yours with, like, who you're dating is, like, kind of freaky. Yeah, me. it's almost like you don't want to trust you. would be like, are you guys going to bang at some point if I'm out of town? Like, I, I don't, there's such a weird, and then to both get pregnant, I don't know. Again, I don't have the answers. I just feel uneasy, all right? And, um, and now I am worried this is going to come off as hate speech because they, I mean, talk about a, a, a minority group. I mean, what a... What a what a small subsection. Look up, up look up how many identical twins are in the world. I mean, there's got to be like 30. I, I mean, I don't, how many are there? How could there how many could there be that are currently alive? I mean, maybe there's probably a few, maybe like a thousand. I don't know. Worldwide per year, there are 1.6 million twin births. No, no, identical twins, not fraternal or paternal. I'm talking identical twins. Because mm. that's different. I want, I want, they could each do the, the mirror Groucho Marx thing next to each other and look like each other's reflection because that's a, that was a trickery. That, that there's no, if there's 1.6 million doubles running around every single year, that's crazy that I've never run. I've never run into one in the entire time I've lived in New York City. 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to I'm trying to find it, but a lot of them are like in the millions. That's I mean, I guess that's not I mean it is crazy. It's absolutely this one crazy. says forty million, but this is also on Quora, so I don't know if I should trust yeah, this. Fuck that website. Is that also how you say that? I don't know. <laughs> No one has ever, someone needs to ask the question, how do you say your name? All right. Because they're like an answer website that it's also like crowdsourced. And then it's, it's, it's basically Yahoo answers. And then they're like, someone should be like, what is your name? Say it. Quora, 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 Aurora. I don't know. Um, I can't, I can't talk about these twins anymore. It's making me feel just not good. I feel like we've talked about it already too long, but. You guys get it, right? My heart's in the right place. You know, if I saw them, like, I'd be like, they should vote. You know, I just, I don't want, I don't want the, I don't like the idea of them having kids. It's them having kids. If they were both married to each other, I'd get behind that. Because I'm like, all right, again, they get the struggle. But the having the kid part is really just too much. It's too soon. I think they want a reality show. They dress alike. I don't like it. And that's the last thing I'll say about it. I'll not like it. Um, just like I don't like this fucking baseball lockout. And um, it's ruining my life by not giving me baseball. It's truly upsetting that we're not all talking about this. No one is talking about it. You turn on ESPN and they're like, oh, we're going to talk about what's going to happen in football in October. It's like, hey, America's pastime. You know, I understand the sport has fallen from grace, but some of us, or Yankee fans, some of us could be watching spring training games right now. Some of us could be getting excited because it's like I, I, my entire life, spring is associated with baseball, like summer, spring, baseball, outside, crack of the bat. You know, how are the Yankees going to do this year? Fantasy baseball. It's all such an exciting. It all goes together with me. It's like it'd be like if you removed Christmas from December, you know, and, and from that whole from the winter, you know, if you just were like, it's going to be. October, then it's going to be Thanksgiving, then December's going to start, and it's going to feel like March until April. And you're like, well, that sucks because I don't, I need, I need something to look forward to. Christmas get breaks up winter for you, just like baseball gets you through these doldrum last moments of, of the cold, you know? And like, Nicole, I assume you're not a huge baseball uh, fan. I was when I was a kid, but I haven't really kept up with it. So, like, all the famous baseball players when I was a kid are in my mind who is still, like, famous currently. Right, right. Sure. But, and here's the thing. It, it definitely, the sport's definitely falling from grace. It's just so uh, shitty because it's, like, it's these owners versus these the players. And the players are, like, we're not going to stand for it. And the owners, it's, it is interesting because they had a lockout in 1994 and everybody was, like, these overpaid players are spoiled brats. They just need to get on the field. They're getting paid millions of dollars to play a children's game. But the owners now, perception has changed. People don't view billionaires like they used to anymore. In the 90s, you saw a billionaire. You're like, that guy worked his ass off. He got there. But now you see a billionaire and you're like, that dude stepped on a bunch of necks to get there. They come from a place of privilege. Their parents were rich. They're uh, they're part of the problem. They're the reason why we're burning fossil fuels. You know, like it's just, every billionaires are the problem now. So now it becomes like these poor players who are also getting some of them getting paid forty. The disparity in baseball is insane because you have at the top of it guys getting paid forty three million dollars to play a baseball for a year. There's a pitcher Max Scherzer who signed a forty something million dollar contract. He pitches at most 30 times over the course of seven months, and he gets paid $43 million. They figured out his thing because now, because of the lockout, he's not getting paid. He is losing $200,000 per day that there is no baseball. They already canceled the first two weeks of baseball. I hope they don't cancel more. It sucks. I'm freaking out. I got nothing to say here besides baseball. Fucking fix it and give me my goddamn Yankees. I need it. God, please, I need it. And I also feel like it's preventing spring from coming. You know, like I feel like without baseball, it will stay this temperature outside until baseball comes back. It could, if we don't come back until June, it's going to be 22 degrees until June. Mark my goddamn words right now, right here. And, um, and stay away from quaternity twins. They're fucking weird. Anyway, that's the show, everybody. Thanks for watching. I appreciate it. Um, like I said, we're going to do another episode right now. And just from the looks of this notepad, we're going to be vamping. So um, 
you know, come back next week, see how we pulled this rabbit out of our hat. Until next week, bye.